Heyo, welcome everyone to episode 14 of Today in the Scene. I'm Joe with Indie Arcade Wave, and this is my co-host Dylan from Galactic Battleground. Hey, what's up? Shout out to our sponsors, Can Arcade, Everything Arcade, Music, and Cannabis. Now, we put this episode out every Friday, so if you guys are liking what we're doing here, make sure to just to subscribe, hit that bell, follow us, whatever you got to do, wherever you're listening. So this week, we're speaking with the guys behind Armed and Gelatinous again. Uh, we've got Rob and Anthony with us. How you guys doing? Doing, doing all right. Awesome. So we're going to talk about conventions today. Um, as someone that's been to conventions, they're all a little bit different. They all have their pros. They all have their cons, often a lot of cons, but great memories. Um, let's just jump right into your guys' beginning of conventions with Armed and Gelatinous, even with Influent. Um, let's go to GDC 2014, 15, and 17. Can you guys, what can you guys tell me about those? Well, 2014 was like kind of the jump off point for us with Influent. The old Influent is, days. Yeah, that was kind of the uh, the beginning of everything. Um, this game that I had made, it was like a language learning game I developed when I was living in Japan. And uh, yeah, I wanted to release it at GDC to kind of make a big splash with it because it was um, kind of a new sort of take on uh, gamified learning and stuff. And I hit up Anthony from uh, the Art Institute, where we both went to school, and was like, hey, I'm going to be in San Francisco. I'm going to GDC. Can I crash on your couch or whatever? And so like, he was like, yeah, let's, let's do this. And um, I asked if he'd help run the booth and stuff. And so he was super down for that. And then we went to GDC together and like set up the booth and did all this stuff. Oh, it was the um, most in- beautiful indie booth you've ever seen. <laughs> It was like I think a fourteen-inch monitor. <laughs> like it was, it was awesome. Let me tell you. Yeah, it was very, very bare bones. Like I don't think we even had a sign. Like we just went with the basic. We had sign. your Kickstarter poster. And that was it. Oh yeah, it was like you know eight and a half by eleven or something. <laughs> yeah, it was. We had like this sign that they had printed that was like white with black text, just said like Influent on it. And it had like a booth number and it was, yeah, it was pretty, pretty bare bones operation, but like, we'd never done anything like this before. I'd never done anything like it. And, and honestly, like Spooky was just down for the cause, to like help volunteer. And this was like the launch day of this game on Steam. Yeah. Uh, so that was, that was kind of like our beginning. Um, I think we should even flash forward like a year later with uh, Arm and Gelatinous and Speaking of our indie booth, we actually got uh, like best booth for Arm and Gelatinous from uh, in- the indie gamer girl. That's right. Yeah. So uh, we we grew a lot in one year, apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was like a lot to deal with initially. Just like the idea of uh, exhibiting and like how many people you actually have to talk to and and that sort of thing. Uh, so it was super um, fortunate that spooky was there to help and yeah we kind of just uh you know were shoved in the corner of like all these other mobile games and stuff like the indie scene at gdc is um kind of difficult in terms of getting exposure because you know they've got these multi-million dollar booths around the corner in like the south hall or i guess the north hall and then in the south hall or wait, other way around. In the North Hall, they shove you into this kind of like mobile slash indie area. 
uh, away from the rest of the expo and you really don't get nearly as much foot traffic over there. Um, yeah, and as a developer, it's it's frustrating. You you really you need to go out there and literally drag people to your booth. Um, and and yeah. by people, I mean like press or if you're looking for a publisher or anybody that has any real decision power, they're probably not going to come to the indie section in the like in the like empty basement. Like it's 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 difficult. Yeah, and like I would say as well in terms of the overall cost of the booth space. It's really not fair to indies. Um, you know, you're you're paying more than you'd be paying for other expos that give you, you know, kind of decent floor space, and then you're getting a lot less in terms of where they put you. Uh, so yeah, we we didn't know this. You know, obviously it's like our first few cons or whatever, and so when we did GDC for those years, um, you know, we just didn't know any better. And we kind of went with it and we're like, oh, this is just, you know, the standard price for a booth or whatever. Uh, turns out, you know, packs and other things are like a fraction of the cost uh, and you get a lot more. But uh, we were just doing what we thought was right. And like we lived in San Francisco or at least like, you know, went to school there. And so we knew GDC inside and out. I'd been going to GDC for like five years uh, without exhibiting, just kind of well, like scoping it out. And we kind of wised up to that. Um, especially because we came back in 2017 and we didn't pay for a booth or anything, which Microsoft actually selected us as a, a participant to be in their lobby bar. Um, so we didn't have to do setup. We didn't have to tear down. We, we just kind of had to show up. And that was that was the best way to do GDC. Um, yeah, so that was we, cool. We just like yeah. sent them a build and we showed up and they had an Xbox running it at like a kiosk with controllers. They even made us controller skins and stuff. Like it was super cool. So that yeah, was that, the that was the easy way. That's yeah, that was better, the best. Better than the first year and the second year. What what exactly is GDC though? Uh it's the game developers conference and it's kind of like the um industry event of the year. Uh, it's basically where all the game developers get together, um, and I have a lot of keynotes. Like big publishers will get up and give, you know, I guess discussions is what you would call like panels on certain technologies that are being used in their games, uh, how they accomplish this. They do a lot of like postmortems. They do a lot of. Um, interviews and um there's also a big game awards ceremony um that happens it's not called the game awards it's called i think the igda or something like that that is right um, and then there's another one alongside it's the igda and then it's like the indie version of that or maybe i have this backwards there's like two game awards that happen back to back at gdc and yeah it's kind of like this big celebration of <clears throat> what's gone on the previous year um and yeah it's it's grown in size and popularity like year over year and it's always at moscone center in downtown san francisco which in recent years has been more and more annoying um especially the year that they were like rebuilding everything and that was like i think two years ago but yeah it's like um Honestly, I've always said, like, if, if San Francisco were to, like, sink into the ocean, like, during GDC, like, the entire video game industry would collapse. 
I didn't Damn. realize it had that much pull. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Like everybody's there. Well, huh. based based on our experiences, anytime that someone asks me about GDC, what I honestly tell them as like a from a developer to a developer, if you really want to go to GDC, don't get a booth. Just go and hang out at the Marriott bar and you will meet everybody who actually has like real decision power in the business side of video games that that's where they all hang out and that's true for for a lot of expos actually that was something Mm. i wanted to ask was so gdc as someone that's coming to check out the conference thumbs up or thumbs down and then someone who's going as an indie dev thumbs up or thumbs down um well i mean if they're going as an indie dev um not to exhibit just to like see it yeah i'd say thumbs up like it's it's worth going for everybody who's in the industry who's interested because you're gonna meet people yeah it's a great networking opportunity and they have a lot of after parties and you're gonna meet a lot of interesting people um and it's a it's a a great a great way to kind of talk to them informally um even if if you're not just as much out of it going as a guest as opposed to an exhibitor right i would prefer doing that actually i don't i i would say don't be an exhibitor at GDC to be honest. It's only like $150, $200 at the most for an expo pass that'll get you in the door. And that's all you really need to get into the parties too. Sometimes you don't even need that. And like just being amongst it, like with everybody there, you're going to meet people, even if you're not looking to meet people, you're going to meet people that will impact your future. It's just, it's happened every time I've gone every year. I'm like, I love this. I love meeting these people. And having these connections and just like this experience and it's inspiring to really see the entire industry and the energy in the industry uh, every year. So I love GDC for that reason, uh, but I definitely would not recommend for at least an indie developer to get a booth because there's just better there's better ways to spend that money. Which I is like, should... I know, it's, it's a little harsh, but like at the same time, this is our experience. Like we've done this. We did this a lot. And like we kind of just realized that GDC just doesn't provide the sort of uh, space and um, I guess just the exposure that you're looking for when you spend that much money and time and energy on basically self-promotion. I mean, it's a marketing thing and... It just never really paid off for us. And that's not to say the Microsoft thing didn't. It, that was the best thing ever. We didn't have to pay for that, though. That, right, was, that was invitation. I mean, you get invited yeah. by a big company, you're not going to say no. Well, that I, was, I don't want to say... If you ever get that opportunity, absolutely do that. I don't um, want to say the same is true for, for our other event for Gamescom. Um, just on the fear, the, the overall scale and size of that event, it's much more geared and way towards uh, the AAA industry than a smaller independent um, developer. You're saying yeah. GDC is more? No, no, Gamescom as well. It, well both I mean, of them, both yeah. of them are. Okay, well, let's let's go into Gamescom 2014 because right. that was the next thing I wanted to talk about. I thought this was interesting because as a member of a development team, I've never left the U.S. for a conference. And you guys have done it a few times. So let's talk about Germany first. Yeah, totally. Uh, that was also primarily an influent um, expo. So it was actually interesting because uh, it wasn't just uh, Spooky and I. It was also my friend Ryan and his girlfriend at the time, Nicole. We all got on a plane and flew over to Cologne and got Airbnbs. And it turned out that 
I can't remember exactly what happened with the Airbnbs, but like, well, well Germany at the, the yeah, Germany at the time had a weird gray area with Airbnb. It was kind of like almost borderline illegal. Um, so they list like fake the fake maps and fake addresses on the Airbnb. So I land and I like can't find my place, and the taxi guy's like, "Yeah, this dress doesn't exist. I don't know where this is." Um, so I like check into a hotel. And then I finally meet up with them and I find out we're actually staying in the same Airbnb and we had no idea. Yeah, it was You're wild. staying in the same Airbnb as Rob? Yeah. Yeah, like, like he showed up to the address and just like, because he, he wasn't able to even communicate to me that he wasn't finding his Airbnb. Like we couldn't because none of our phones worked. We didn't have internet, nothing like that, right? So eventually he just shows up at our Airbnb and he's like, yeah, I'm staying here. And we're like, what? So you guys got double booked, basically. Yeah, in two, it was two different rooms in the same like apartment. And they were two separate listings under two separate hosts. So we expected to be like across town from each other. And we ended up being in the same fucking apartment. Was yeah. that a benefit or is that just like luck? You know, like, was it okay was, with you guys it, that you guys spent yeah, that or? No, it was luck. It was just awesome luck, that actually. Great. Our, our host, and then our host was, so, was cool. so cool. <laughs> she was great. Yeah, she was amazing. Did she like she she had, take you around town and stuff or what? Well, she had an entire elaborate pulley system in her room, and she would untie it and pull down a basket, and the basket would be full of snacks. And she'd be like, it's snack time! And then she would pull the basket back up. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> like hanging from the ceiling like a chandelier or something, but it was like a basket full of like German chocolates and stuff oh dude so german cool. chocolate is the best yeah so she was like the coolest i'm trying to remember her name what was her name uh isabel was that it yeah izzy that's right that was so cool so anyway Game, uh aside games, from Airbnb, gamecom was overwhelming though uh the amount of people can we can we start like with our entrance experience trying oh, to get God. Into yeah I, for, I almost for, i conveniently forgot about that what a nightmare. I just so before can't you jump in, give me an idea of how many people are there. Uh, oh, God. The year we were there, I think there was over 450,000 people. Oof, that's a big one. And like, a if you, if yeah. you contrast that with like PAX, I think PAX is like 30,000 people. Like PAX East? And PAX is big. Is I mean, that right? PAX is like, known as a pretty big convention. Does anybody know like PAX East's like numbers? I think no, it's between thirty. I think it's between thirty and fifty. Yeah, it's pretty pretty hard to say, um, but I'm looking to try 52, and find 000. some. Number. Yeah, so like fifty fifty thousand yeah. people. Add four hundred thousand to that, and then you have Gamescom, <laughs> right? Like it's it's insane, and it's and like the also, biggest expo in Europe, and people also the don't forget the Europe. language barrier. The language barrier adds a lot to that. Yeah, so German is like the primary language there. Um, I mean, a lot of people speak English in Europe, but like you're in Germany. So right. the majority of the population who's there is German. And a lot of the, you know, they'll have like stage shows where they're throwing like merch into the audience. Everyone's screaming. Like all of that takes place in German. And it's, it's kind of hilarious. Um, but basically we were there um, trying to get in to this 450,000 person expo just to like set up our booth. The, I think this is the first day. Was it the day before 
I think it was actually like the day of. It was setup day. Oh, it was. It was the day before. Yeah. Okay. So we get there for setup day, and it's just pandemonium. There's just like a massive line of people trying to get in. And I think that these were people that like had special tickets to get into the expo like a day early while like people were setting up or stuff. Yeah. Cause there were definitely people there that like weren't even exhibitors. And we were like in this, you know, entry hall and they had some escalators with security in front of them. And the escalators are basically what go into the expo. And we're like going to this booth to try and register to get in. And they're like, okay, like where are your tickets that we mailed you or whatever? And I think they mailed them to Japan because that's where I like initially registered because I was living there. And they were like, yeah, if you don't have those, you know, uh, you can you can get them at the exhibitor the, lounge, the business center, the business center, which yeah. is like we're like, oh, OK, cool. Well, where's that? And they're like, oh, uh, here it's on the map. Uh, it's inside the expo hall. Yeah, you have to get through the gate that you need your passes on to get to the business hall to get your pass. And so, so we're first, like, you, you okay, the so, problem here. Yeah. So <laughs> how do we, how do we get to the expo or how do we get to the business center to get our, our passes to get in that you sent to Japan when you should have sent here. And they're just like, Oh yeah. Uh, well go talk to like, you know, the entrance people. That's not, we, we can't do anything. Sorry. And we're like, okay. So we go over to like the entrance and we're talking to the people who are, you know, guarding the entrance. And they're just like, if you don't have passes, you can't get in. And there's like this other dude who's an exhibitor who's like bitching them out, like screaming at them about this exact same problem. (laughs) And I'm like overhearing him. And I'm like, are you having the same like disconnect of like, you don't have your passes and you can't get to the business? He's like, yeah, this is ridiculous. Blah, 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 blah. And we're like, yeah, this is ridiculous. And so we, we had his back. And like we just kept bitching and bitching until they yeah there was a grab yeah a small like, group of like indie devs that were pissed off screaming at this woman. <laughs> well, the woman wasn't even there yet. They had to go and get her. That's and right. then she comes up and starts like fielding our like anger and is trying to tell us <laughs> no. And she she's literally like doubling down on like the security, telling us we can't get in. And we're like, are you crazy? Like we spent like how much money to be here? We like flew across the country or across the world to like come to gamescom and you won't let us in because (laughs) the place where we need to get our passes is inside this like threshold guardian like this is fucking ridiculous and we basically had to like all get her to give it up and let us through and she well there was even a point where she was like hold on i'll get to you in a moment and all of us as a group said no you're gonna deal with all of us now yeah. And that was kind of like her breaking point of like, okay, here, here. And she just like passed, did her little pass thing to let us through and was like, here, just, just go, go, go make it someone else's problem, basically. Yeah, we, we brute forced our way in, basically. And then we went and got our passes at the business center and they were very helpful at the business center. We were like, why was it so ridiculous to get here? They were like, oh yeah, sorry, we don't know. And just like complete disconnect. <laughs> oh my God. I forgot so about that. That. <laughs> that was a nightmare, dude. Like that kind of like just sort of put a bad taste in our mouth from the beginning. Um, but everything after that actually went really well. Like everything after that was was good, uh, except for the computers that they gave us. Those were not good. Oh yeah, they were. They were awful. What was like the biggest highlight of that con? Like, what was your favorite thing about it? 
the skate park. <laughs> oh, of course you're gonna say that. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, dude. they had a, they had a skate park. All right, so this place is like you know 15 football fields of like. Well, well every like space. every expo has like one major big hall. Think of that big hall, but multiply it by 12. So they had yeah. tw- like at least 12 massive halls, and then you'd have corridors that would connect each one. It was just wow. insane. The one we were in was two stories, and it was like you know as big as Pax East, but like two stories. So if you went upstairs from where our booth was, like directly on top of our booth, there was a skate park. Just happened to be right there. So I just had to like go to the staircase, walk upstairs, boom. And it was like a PlayStation Four sponsored thing, and they built like a giant PS Four that lit up with like a blue light inside of it. Because um, this was right around the time the PS4 was like new. launching, yeah, I think it was launching that year or the year before or something. And that like they had this dope skate park, and I had it all to myself because I could get in early. <laughs> so I would go there in the morning, like before the place opened, and just skate it all by myself. It was That's awesome. Oh, it was so good. Do you they have videos? Like, uh, I don't think I have videos. I have, I have pictures, photos. But that yeah. that event also like it was so massive. They had a full video game arc, um, like arcade up there. They also oh, had yeah. a full like museum. Like they, Dude, were, like, they had like little here's every RC car racetracks. Yeah, it, it was just kind of like everything you could ever imagine. It was insane. Um, Red Bull Red, like, Red Dream, right? Red, yeah, yeah, it really was. Red Bull sponsored the skate park too, and they had like a bunch of pros come and do like a like a contest like, That's right awesome. there. And then they had, um, yeah, like those those drifter RC cars, you know, like the big like gas powered like drifting yeah. RC yeah. cars. Yeah, they had like race tracks. They had like two or three tracks set up, and they were doing like races and competitions too. They just do like everything at Gamescom. It's insane. So they just had like a ton of things to look at and do. And oh, how, not just how long was the convention? Oh, it's five days, dude. And it was five like twelve. It was like twelve Damn. hours a day too. Yeah, and we were there like for the setup day. So we had six days of work. We had to like set up and then we had five full con days. Yeah, most exhausting con I've ever like done. Pax East used to be three, then they made it four, and that was crazy. But Gamescom is five days. <clears throat> yeah, I mean I'm nuts. I'm wiped out after a three day convention. That yeah. that's pretty crazy, even having like ten hour days, twelve hour days. There were some significant moments that happened at this expo, though. Um, one of them was, like, we, we would hand out stickers as, like, free swag to people. Um, and this is the expo where, like, you know what? Stickers suck. Like, we we watched all these people, a bit, oh, give me a sticker, give me a sticker. And they would literally walk away from us, unstick it, and throw it on the floor. Or we, the horrible part was we went to the escalator, and it was just, like, literally only our sticker jammed like a thousand times into the inside of the the escalator like non-stop like on, the, on the handle you know like the handle why would they do yeah that? that's just stupid yeah and on the floor like people stuck them everywhere and like we actually realized uh later after we handed them out at pax australia too that they would they would actually find you and then fine you for having like like basically, you'd be responsible for the vandalism that other people would do if you gave out stickers at PAX. Yikes! Yeah, and so we we dodged that bullet. Like, thankfully, like the first year we had stickers, people were pretty okay with like not being a dickhead. But we 
we saw the rules later and we were like, oh shit, like let's never bring stickers back to packs. Well, and we thought of like, what would somebody not throw out? And that's kind of how we landed on pins. Oh yeah. Um, like pins enamel are... pins, like real mm. enamel pins. Cause you're not going to throw it away. You're going to, it's a keepsake forever. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something that you're going to remember the convention by. Yeah. Just like the badge. Like the soft enamel ones? Like the, the no, yeah, like the ones? hard, no, hard, these are yeah, hard cut. Okay, hard cut. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, like expensive. And this, is, this is also the the first expo Armin Gelatinous was like actually kind of shown at, even though it was uh, a small. It was basically the game jam version, but like yeah, because at Gamescom, down. I I like splurged and got two booths next to each other, and yeah, I wanted there to be like two stations because Influent is kind of like you know you play it for a little while to get the feel of it, you learn you know a bunch of words, and I'd had one booth previously at gdc and i was kind of like yeah we should do two so that way like two people can play at the same time or whatever and not have this long line issue and then like yeah and one day we decided let's just put arm and gelatinous on because yeah it's a good it's a good game and like i think you know i just want to see how people react to it and it was crazy it was like attention (laughs) a lot of attention there we had we had like a line that was like three times as long as the influent line and we had you know publishers coming up to us and asking like when is this coming out what platforms is it releasing on like we even had like alienware come up to us and they were like give us uh, a build and like we'll talk about the alpha and stuff because they were trying to get games on their alpha or whatever yeah it was like a steam machine if you guys remember what that was <laughs> um but the uh the crazy thing was when somebody from sony came up and they were like yeah we want this on playstation we were like, oh, fuck, this is a big deal. So, yeah, that was kind of the turning point when Spooky and I realized that, like, we should make Armed and Gelatinous. Yeah, we wanted to start to pursue it because we, we felt there was some, some weight behind it. I mean, obviously, the people people cared. So you guys got some exposure here. Some people saw it. And then where did you go next? Did you guys go to PAX and Mag West? PAX Australia. Yeah, yeah. Australia. Okay. 2014 in October. Because that was a was similar just a situation. Later. Yeah, it was think, Influent and Arm and Gelatinous again. I think Gamescom is like August. Yep. End and of then August. Halloween. For and then PAX, PAX. PAX is like Halloween. So, like, very soon after that, we took it to PAX Australia. And uh, we did the same thing. We had two booths we had one for Influent, one for Arm and Gelatinous. And it was cool because the Influent one, or the uh, Armed and Gelatinous one was right on a corner spot, and we got, like, a couch for it. And um, that was a big deal because, like, people could sit down and play it on the couch, and it was, like, a couch game. And we started to really see, like, we do- we started to learn how to, like, um, make our booth inviting and stuff and, like, make it, like, a... Uh, I don't know, like a nice place to stop and chill and play our game and enjoy it. And like, that was why our GDC 2015 booth was so good. I think it was because we had that experience at PAX Australia. Um, but anyway, the PAX experience in Australia was insane. Like we paid. That was, that was so my first PAX. Yeah. That was my first PAX as well. Ever. Same. Yeah. We'd never even been to a PAX. And like, I think we paid like less than two grand for that booth. Or for, like, we bought two of them because they were cheap. But 
they gave us an exhibitor lounge with like a dedicated chef. Ex- an ex- uh, exhibitor <laughs> only bathroom. Room? Yeah, like, like an exhibitor floor. only bathroom wow. and an exhibitor only dining room. That's amazing. With like a chef there and you could like order food and they'd make it like right there. It, there's was there a menu or do you just like tell them what you want? Yeah. No, it was a was daily a menu. menu. Oh, okay, changed every day. Yeah. That's awesome. It was insane. It felt like honestly like you go to an airport, like an international airport and you you go into like the let's say you're room. flying so you're flying like something like really swanky like i don't know virgin airlines and like you go to their like their lounge and they have like a chef and they have like a chill area and there's like bathrooms and stuff and you just chill there that's what it was and it was like insane we were just amazed how well they treated us as exhibitors at pax compared to like gamescom and gdc and shit we were just like this is ridiculous why is this not the is this because australia or is this because pax turns out it's because australia actually but even still pax back in america will will have better bang for your buck um but yeah like nothing compares to the treatment that we got in pax australia nothing i mean it sounds like an awesome convention i mean pax from what i'm hearing from you guys it just sounds like pax was so much more worth the time and the money than the other two conventions. It was also like a really exciting experience to go to PAX because of how much nerd culture is there. I mean, Gamescom kind of had that, but it was so big and overwhelming and like, I don't know, it was it was difficult for us to really enjoy it. Well, and Whereas... also I'd say PAX is kind of like, it's very positive. Everyone wants to be your friend. It's going to be like they, everyone's in, has the same like nerd mm-hmm. thing in, in common with each other. Gamescom had some like hatred almost. Like, and I mean it like um, they were selling like the Apple or I'm sorry, the Android logo guy, like peeing on the Apple logo and things like that. Or, like, or they would sell like troll face stuff. And so there's kind of like a part of that. Like it's it's so large. There's some toxicity. There. Yeah, there's a yeah. toxicity and they cater to that audience because it's video games. And PAX is not like that. PAX is like curated. And it's also like um because it was in Australia and it was like the only really big video game expo at that time. I think that was even before Rooster Teeth Expo was a thing. They got everybody in the country and like everyone was stoked. And it was like I think the second annual packs that have even happened in australia we missed like the first, the first yeah year. the first one was in a tent it wasn't even in an expo yeah hall. This, this was the first one that was even in an expo hall and wow. like people were stoked and like we were super excited because it was our first packs that was the year we discovered x-wing miniatures like the best tabletop game i've ever seen in my life um except maybe kingdom death monster that one's pretty close but 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 no, board like, games there's so obsessed. many board games we became obsessed quickly with like x-wing miniatures we discovered that because of pax because they had people there teaching it like that level of of nerdum and fandom is just like unprecedented we'd never seen it before and we got to really experience it because once the expo hall closes right this is something that doesn't happen at gdc and um gamescom when the expo hall closes pax still happens it goes until like midnight so we got off of our booth and suddenly you know and that's like 5 p.m 6 p.m. maybe and we've got like six seven hours to like do stuff 
And that was a big deal because now we can enjoy it. It's not like, oh, the expo hall is closed. Go home. You know what I mean? Yeah, you as an exhibitor have the freedom to actually explore and see what everybody else is showing off without exactly. the pressure of being like, I need to be at my booth. Right, right. and it, feels, it makes you feel more inclusive to the event and what is going on, and then you are able to kind of connect with the the community that's there. That's tight. That's awesome. You know, and that's yeah, something I so feel good. like you don't so, have in a lot of other expos. In regards no, to, don't. like, exposure, you're saying, like, Gamescom has nothing in comparison to PAX, correct? Like... Yeah, because Gamescom's so big. If you're not like AAA in the same way, you're not, you know, like E3. Like if you're not AAA, like good luck, dude. Like everybody's dumping millions into their booths. Yeah. So you're just this tiny little shrimp. You know, it doesn't doesn't really matter. Like it's not to say we didn't have an impact, and like it's not to say it wasn't beneficial to us, but it is to say that like bang for your buck or whatever, like PAX is still better. Well, I remember very specifically at Gamescom, I looked at like a banner for like it was like far cry 4 i think and i was like that banner probably costs more money than our entire marketing budget uh, for a lifetime like for our yeah, small yeah I, I believe that <laughs> you know <laughs> it's it's sad but true you know and i believe just, it that's just our place in the industry at the moment you know at that well, yeah I mean, they have the money to just pump into it like they're making these games that are millions of dollars by the time of the end of production like they need to sell, so they need to pump marketing money too. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that the marketing budgets for AAA video games are equal, if not greater, than the development budgets, which is a lot of money. It is, but but it's part staggering. of like the the packs though is it's it's also kind of connected to Magfest and Magwest. You know, some of the same some of the same people kind of work on both events. Tell me about that because I've heard a lot about Magwest with the indie scene and how big it is for not only I mean indie games but indie arcade games specifically. Well, it's yeah, actually not... more Magfest. And what I mean by that is like they've recently, I think in the last 3 or 4 years started doing a west side edition of Magfest. And, yep. and that it's actually very small. Um but Magfest is huge. It's like 30,000 people in Maryland at like this hotel and they take over the whole hotel and there's like crazy musical performances all night long um but mag west uh is kind of like you know the little uh new up and coming or was up and coming west edition of that and we went to the first first two um that they ever had um and they were they were smaller events but every single person you met were so, so stoked and so happy to be there and so much like Oh my God, I don't know who you are, but you're my new best friend because you're here. Like, it, it yeah, was, it was the vibe really was special. amazing. I don't know how they like fostered that vibe, especially on like the first go, because we were there for the first one. But I think it's just about how MAGFest, as like an organization as a whole, was able to foster that vibe overall and then kind of bring that west just with the organization and the people that they knew. Even though it was tiny, uh, it was just so good. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's the same, a lot of the same people that are in involved with PAX, but also the fact that it's the same sort of vibe in that it goes all night. Like PAX, PAX goes until midnight, like they have to close the expo hall, but MAGFest and MAGWest, they go to hotels that will let them do 24 hours. So it doesn't stop. And, and that's, that's kind of brought us into like the arcade thinking as well um, with 
Mag West, especially because that was one of the first uh, events that we went to that we would see arcade units like set up, like classic arcade machines. Um, and we would go there and play all these games. Like, this is awesome. But each time they kind of put us as like an independent developer, like in, in our own room or our own section. And each time we were like, I wish we were in that room, the room with all the arcade machines. Yeah, that was where all the action was. I mean, we would go there when the expo hours for like our little indie room were over and they would close it up. Like that's where we we would go because we wanted to hang out in that room because that was the cool like what are all these cool machines room, um, so that was sort of like one of the first introductions or I guess sort of like one of the first things that led to us wanting to make an arcade version, and then there was that guy Nugget that we met like backstage. Yeah, shout out to Nugget. <laughs> yeah, we were like bringing our stuff from our booth into like a storage room so that we could go like fuck around and go see some shows and stuff. And they were like, yeah, you can drop your stuff in here. And on our way to that room, we walked behind the arcade room kind of in this little hallway. Um, And this dude nugget was sitting on his computer, his laptop and like fiddling with some electronics. And I was like looking at it and it was some components to an arcade machine. And I started talking to him about it. I was like, what is all this? Like, what are you doing, dude? This is crazy. And he explained, you know, that he kind of operates the Mag West and MagFest arcade space. He's kind of like the manager of it. And we were like, whoa, that's super cool. And started asking him questions about, you know, arcade machines and, um, you know, how we thought, oh, it'd be cool if we put Armed and Gelatinous on an arcade machine because flashback to... Um, my birthday the year before I went to Portland to visit some friends and they were at the time porting their game to an arcade cabinet called the Tinderbox. Yep. And I was kind of interested in getting armed and gelatinous on this Tinderbox. And so I had my laptop and I busted it out and I started doing the same sort of like input modifications that they were doing to get it to run on their like joystick and button system. And I got it working and we could actually play armed and gelatinous on the tinderbox. They actually ended up shipping that thing down to South by Southwest in Texas. And a whole bunch of people played armed and gelatinous at South by Southwest one year, which was really cool. Um, But we had already kind of flirted with that arcade edition a little bit. And so once we met nugget, I was telling him about that and he was like, yeah, you guys should build a machine and like, you should check out this website and like look at some plans and you should, you know, check out what um, an IPAC is and like all this other stuff that he was telling us about that we'd never heard of. And it kind of blew our minds and just kind of opened up this sort of door in terms of getting a arcade cabinet built for our game. And, and once, once we like built, a machine the the other benefit that we didn't realize at the time that that kind of came naturally was running an arcade machine as like a booth as an expo versus running a console game at an expo are two very different experiences and i i personally feel like almost the arcade one is it's it's much easier it's it's more fun takes off a lot of stress from you um it, there's no explanation. If you have an arcade machine, someone's going, a group of people will come up to it and just start 
playing it. They're going to figure it out. And that's kind of part of built into the culture of an arcade machine of like, oh, I'm going to, you know, play this and I'm going to figure it out with everyone else. And we're going to be on even footing and we're going to play it. When you do that with a console machine, it's very different. You have that expectation of like, I'm at an event. I want to sit down. You need to walk me through it, almost make it like a, uh, um, like a, an event or like a, a theme park. They they kind of want you to cater to them. And it's it's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like from ex- past experience too, it's like having an Xbox and two controllers isn't that appealing compared to actually having an arcade cabinet. It's like less of an eyesore, you know? Yeah, and even talking about the arcade cabinet, I mean, it it sets itself apart. The arcade cabinet invites you in but it also like gives you an idea of what you're stepping up to. So you see this cabinet and the art and the graphics on it and the screen's going, but it's also saying like, play me, try this. Oh Figure yeah. Figure it out yourself. Sometimes mm-hmm. your track mode is literally saying, play me. Right. So reflecting on all of these conventions, and I know you guys have been to tons more. What has been your favorite convention? PAX Australia. I think it's just so nostalgic for me and it's got like the best parts of PAX combined with the best parts of Australia. And um, I don't know. I just, I happen to love Australian culture and just being there amongst that culture. And then also mixed with PAX culture, it was just like the best, not to mention it happens during Halloween and like everyone's in cosplay. Yeah, I, I agree. That was my favorite, favorite event that we did is PAX Aus is just some of the greatest people we've met are there. So we, we still have fans that we met during those events for our games. It, it just, a lot of things kind of started at that event too. So there's a lot of positive um, memories around it. We also found a lizard in a freezer at our Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's definitely Australia for you. <laughs> well, I want to thank you guys for coming on before we wrap everything up. I want to get those social media. So shout them out. Oh yeah, we are um, discord.gg slash blobs online. Come say what's up. And uh, at armed gelatinous on all other social media, Instagram, Twitter, etc. So yeah, give us a follow and uh, check us out at armedgelatinous.com. Yep. Right on. All it's right. a pleasure, y'all. Yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. All right, and we'll be back next Friday with another interview. Until then... Peace. Cheers.